like you just to introduce yourself. Okay. And kind of. John Jared, I'm a junior and um, uh, live in Whiting, Iowa. It's a little rural area out in western Iowa. And uh, I'm a surgeon and uh, uh, also do a number of other uh, crazy jobs in the area. Uh, I was boarded in surgery and critical care. And uh, besides doing a general practice and in, in, uh, surgical um, disciplines, uh, I'm sort of in the area, I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades. Uh, over the years, I've done uh, um, all types of general surgery, uh, taking care of all kinds of uh, very sick people on ventilators and such. Um, and... Uh, in addition to everything else, uh, I've seen some general practice patients, uh, done some uh, OB obstetrical stuff as needed, uh, done a, f- a certain amount of orthopedics because of um, injuries. Uh, I came back and started practice with my dad, and over the years, he had sort of cultivated a practice um, of some uh, specific injuries in the farming community. A lot of times people would get appendages like arms, hands, legs, etc., into uh, machinery. And so he um, did some hand surgery and uh, some orthopedic stuff. Uh, back when he went to school, uh, there weren't as many super specialized uh, disciplines as there are now. And so a lot of times out in the rural areas, uh, you just had to take care of what came in. So I learned a little bit of that from his uh, uh, tutelage. And uh, on top of all that, I'm also the county medical examiner. So I came into that over a a few years. I'm also an AME, an air medical examiner for the FAA, do flight physicals for pilots. uh, And um, what you call a senior AME, so that means I do uh, uh, flight physicals for air uh, air carrier captains, and so um, there's a lot to keep me busy. I'm now entering into a phase of retirement, so to speak. I'm 70 years old and um, uh, had a good run, enjoyed life, um, came back here to practice with my dad, it was sort of a love-hate relationship uh, at times. We would uh, sometimes get under each other's nerves, but uh, overall, I think it was a blessing to be able to work with him and, and have uh, the family relationship that we did. So that's sort of who I am and what I've done and where I'm at now. So, uh, so our audience... Um consists of residents, uh, maybe some that are coming out of medical school, going into a residency, um, also residents that might be considering a fellowship, more specialized. Um, And so some of the things I'd like to talk to you about here, uh, knowing that you've had this depth of a career um, and and that you've experienced not just surgery, but general care um, and some of the stuff that you talked about, I'd like to start uh, off by just kind of getting in uh, have our audience get to know you just a little bit better about what inspired you to become a doctor. You mentioned a little bit about 
your your dad was a uh, a doctor and right. and I think your mom was a nurse. Yep. That is a that was sort of a circuitous uh route. Um uh, I again I was blessed, you know. I came from a, a medical family. My uh, my granddad was a dentist. My he had a number of uh brothers who were uh doctors and uh, I have an uncle who was a doctor, my dad was a doctor, my mom's a nurse. I'm actually married to a nurse. Uh so uh, Healthcare has sort of been what our family's all been about and what we've done. I really didn't know anything too much different. However, when I finished college, I guess I really hadn't uh, applied myself all that well. And I, you know, it, it seems like every stage in my life, I've always had to up the ante. And I've always been able to do enough to get by. And, uh, uh, the uh, uh, as far as studying was concerned, I'd you know cram the night before and get through a test, and uh, that worked pretty good up till uh, medical school. <laughs> and once you hit medical school, because uh, there's a lot of other people that are smart in your class, you know. Uh, and I'm just speaking in my experience. I don't, I can't ex- uh, speak to what people do today, but 40, 50 years ago. Um, I would always study hard enough just to get by, okay? And um, so when I finished college and I took the MCATs and applied to medical school and didn't get in, I sort of decided, well, okay, now that's going to be my goal. I'm going to, no matter what, I'm going to do that. But um, as you know, our family has um, got a uh a belief in in uh, in a guy that runs the universe, and I sort of put a fleece out before him. There's a famous biblical quote when Gideon was going to go to do battle uh, with the Midianites, um, and he put a fleece out before God to make sure that what was going on was what was ordained, and. So I sort of put a fleece out there and, and I said, God, you know, if you want me in a medical school, you know, you see, make, <laughs> you make it happen if that's what you want me to do. When I finished uh, college, I tried a number of different things. I was already a pilot by then. I considered going into the airline uh, air carrier business and uh, we were from a farming community. I had a good friend that was a, a farmer and, um, he took me under his wing. And for the last semester in college, I was basically, uh, doing farming work. And, uh, uh, again, I was very blessed that I got to be able to do that. Uh, I've learned a lot about, uh, uh, biological stuff from him and, and actually seeing things that, that you learned in school applied. And so that was uh, another opportunity. So I'm sitting there trying to make decisions on, you know, what the heck do I do? So that's why I put the fleece out there. And there's been a couple times in my life that I've had to do that. And the other one was uh, <laughs> when you... Uh, get around to uh, thinking about who you're going to have for a life partner for the rest of your life. Uh, 
that was another one. You know, there comes a time in your career when you're really looking for somebody, and that was uh, me at the end of my residency. And I put another fleece out before God on that one and said, you know, if you want me to get married to somebody, uh, you're going to have to find the right gal. And so uh, that's what happened with my wife, Katie. Um, uh, she was a nurse. You know, maybe I ought to ask her out for a cup of coffee. And uh, uh, sure enough, in about three or four dates, I knew she was the one, you know. So that's sort of how I got in or got channeled into the uh, career path, I guess, that you would say I was in. Uh, needless to say, there was a number of times, though, that, uh, you know, uh, you get overloaded with stuff and you sort of wonder, is, is this really what I was supposed to do, you know? <laughs> so, and that happened a number of times in medical school. Um, back when I went to medical school, the first two years were horrendous. I mean, you spent your entire time 24-7 with your nose in a book. You didn't date. You didn't, at least for me, I mean... There's all kinds of people in medical school. I had a cadaver partner who had a photographic memory. I mean, you know, in the anatomy book, not only did he know all the anatomy, he knew what page it was on. You know, uh, I was not that way. Uh, I had to study hard. Things did not come easy. I, you know, repetition. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a photographic memory like he did. Um, but, um, you know, if you work hard at something... I, I, it's, it's sort of like athletics. If you, if, if you're lucky enough to be blessed with the right kind of physical structure, if you work hard at it, you know, anything in life you can accomplish if you work hard at it. Um, and I even think that working hard on things sometimes will make up for some of the other, um, physical attributes that we have that maybe are not as not as conducive to getting whatever the job is done that you want to do so well and i think i think that's really important advice for for our audience to hear because there might be a resident out there um or uh anyone in their medical journey educational journey um that is feeling burned out yep and what you're really speaking into is endurance yep um in in your in your instance having faith um, meaning behind what you're doing, a purpose that is driving you. Um, and I think those are very important things when we're going through life in general, but also in, in going through something that's really tough. Like we're talking to individuals, as you know, like I've, I've looked up to you my whole life. Because Thank you, you. Because you've got, you like many doctors, especially in your case where you're, you're doing general practice and also uh, trauma care type surgery where you're, I, you know, I remember where you, your beeper would go off. So this is going back, back when beepers were around and your yeah. beeper would go off and you'd have to get in your truck and immediately go down to the hospital. Yeah. Right? You're on call. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's, you're speaking about finding ways that carry you through, um, and, and give you purpose and drive. And I think that that's important for our listeners to, yeah. hear you talking about I, well okay i think there's in medicine there's a certain uh from the trauma standpoint there's a certain adrenaline rush you know you okay hey here's a new challenge and, and then that's one of the things that i think that i really liked about medicine and more so general kind of surgery general kind of practice because 
there was always a challenge. I mean, every day was different. I mean, it's one thing to be in a factory stamping out cans and you do the same repetitious procedure all the time. I mean, that would drive me nuts in a very short order. The thing with the medical kind of practice that I was in or have had is that um, every day is a new day. There's a new challenge. Yeah, every time the beeper goes off, you don't know if it's uh, some kind of a... uh, horrible injury or uh, what what the problem was so i this was back in the days when i was in residency i mean if we were out somewhere we didn't even have cell phones you know i mean people don't (laughs) nowadays don't even uh, you can't comprehend that but uh, yeah we had beepers you get beeped and you'd have to go find a pay phone or a, a phone call in to find out what needed to be done or what you had to do and uh so yeah, it's um, a little bit different nowadays. I, I'm a little bit envious of the kids coming out now uh, because, you know, they have an 80-hour work week. I mean, it was a uh, we we in my training had every third night call, sometimes every other night call, uh, all the time uh, through residency, and, and um, so uh, you didn't get a whole lot of free time, but you always look forward to, hey, there is going to be a time when this all ends and I get to be my own boss and go do my own thing, you know, which can sometimes be pretty scary if if you're the uh, one and only. Now, again, it's real easy. It's not not real easy. Let me take it back on that. It would be easier to sort of sidle into a uh, residency from a residency to a, a fellowship, then go into a, 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 a teaching position um, uh, or a staff position in a tertiary care place because you, you know you're going to be working for a salary. Whereas if you're going to be your own boss, you know you're going to have to go out and set up your own clinic. You know you're going to have to comply with all the rules and regulations there are now. Um, and this might be going into some of the question you had about, um, you know, what, how do I make a decision about what I want to do? So I'm, I've completed I, my residency. Yeah. See, I was lucky cause my dad had a practice back here. And so I just sidled over, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to go home and practice with, the, with my dad, you know? And so that was sort of an easy out for me, uh, compared to somebody who, uh, you know, uh, nowadays would finish, you could either go into a private practice, either with a group or yourself. Um, but if you're doing it yourself right now, the way, uh, the insurance companies are and the way reimbursement goes, uh, you really definitely need somebody that knows how to set up a practice and help you get going. It it's it would be very daunting, I would think. And that's I've worked both sides. I've done the um, private practice route, and I've also uh, a few years ago, back in 2015, we sold our practice to the hospital, and just mainly because uh, we were having uh, compliance. You always worry about compliance issues, and uh, as such, I mean, in the old days, there wasn't 
all these rules. Now you have HIPAA, you got Stark, you got all these different compliance things. You've got, uh, and God forbid you do something wrong and then you end up in an orange jumpsuit <laughs> uh, because you missed some federal regulation for whatever. Um, so um, there's a, a big difference in, in doing it on your own versus, you know, hooking up with a group that's already operational. And, and you know, those are important decisions to, to consider at a time where you're still learning, right? You're still going through. Yeah, through I, you know, I don't, yeah. I I think as you're learning, you sort of got to decide, hey, what really trips my trigger? What, what, what do I enjoy doing? Because you're never going to be a success at anything if you don't enjoy what you do. Um, even though there's the challenges that I talked about earlier, uh, every day when you get up, hey, there's a new challenge. Uh, for me, you know, it was, I'd have a surgery schedule and, you know, Hey, I got a different case to do. And, uh, you know, you never knew on a cancer patient, whether it was going to be, uh, something that was, you know, treatable or something that, uh, you were going to have to do a palliative thing for or whatever. And so there's all these challenges that, um, make, make the job very interesting. At least it was from my standpoint looking back on it but um again you know people nowadays you have to be so even in surgery i mean surgery there's general surgeons don't probably exist too much anymore you know you're either going to be a a a trauma acute care surgeon and, and hired by the hospital to work a schedule you know and um uh or go into some super specialty type of field um, colorectal, you know, hepatobiliary, thoracic, you know, I mean, even surgery is divided into all these subspecialties. So, uh, you sort of have to decide what trips your trigger and, and then make the decision from there. And, and, um, um, hopefully it's the right choice. The neat thing about medicine though, is, uh, as, as time goes on, things change. I mean, when I finished residency, we did all kinds of gastric surgery for ulcers and such. And uh, since then, we've discovered that, you know, a lot of ulcers are caused by a, an organism. Uh, Helicobacter pylori is the now the causative agent. And you can treat stuff with antibiotics where we were doing vagotomies and pyloroplasties and uh, antrectomies and all kinds of, of procedures, which now are done very rarely, you know, so... Um, things change even in the field of medicine. And so it's, uh, it's always a challenge to, uh, to, uh, change with it. Technology has been a big thing, you know, yeah. really big. I can't even imagine. I mean, I just talked about the beeper versus cell phone, but yeah. the cert in, in the OR, yeah. imagine the advance. Well, when I finished residency, I mean, we were doing everything open and then, you know, a couple of years later, you know, laparoscopic surgery was the big thing. So had to go back and uh, um, learn things. The neat thing about surgery is if you have a good grounding in the basics, you know, you can learn a lot of the the techniques. And the, um, I mean, you need to know the major disciplines, you know, how to really take care of patients, you know, how to take care of wounds, how to get blood supply to things, you know, how to oxygenate the organism, you know, and all that. And once you sort of know all that stuff, the... Uh, you know, learning the other 
technical things are, are not all that hard, you know. So it's just a, a so if people are getting discouraged uh, about all that, is it, that it eventually comes, um, uh, it, it can eventually be learned, you know. I mean, that's the. So you had some questions about how to choose what what you wanted to do and what was the other one that you were. Well, one one of my questions was is uh, through your your education journey, I'll say, because it takes it takes a, a long time, right? I mean, like for me, you know, yeah, well, six years. Yeah, yeah. I always look up to physicians and especially surgeons because it's ten. Well, again, it's a time commitment thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's what you call delayed gratification. Okay. Um, and yeah, you know, and so. Uh, it's delayed in monetary issues. It's delayed in relational issues uh, or things. It's delayed in a lot of different uh, uh, ways. And um, that's something that you have to sort of deal with. Yeah. yeah. When I've talked to different medical students, you know, I've asked them, like, do you feel like you're putting your life on hold? Yeah. And there is an aspect that they seem they say yes you you are spending so much time to learn a specialty and to take care of people you're not really putting your life on hold you're you're focused on uh, medicine learning practice um that quite frankly separates you from a lot of people well it's sort of like being a navy seal you know okay. i mean in my estimation those are the toughest guys in the world yes and they're that way because, again, they have gone through the gauntlet of all the training that they do. And um, being a, a surgeon sort of the same thing. I mean, you know, you're going to be up at night. You're going to be doing, uh, you know, especially in the training aspect of things. That That's when you learn a lot of your stuff, you know, is on weekends and nights and holidays and what, what have you. And it's much the same kind of training, um, and you just have to get that mindset. Oh, if there's one thing I would I would encourage your viewing audience to is, not only is it delayed gratification while you're in your medical school, yeah, you got to realize that a lot of these kids are coming out with a heck of a lot of debt. Okay, and um, in our family, we've always played forward. You know, my dad was helped by his dad, and my dad helped me, and I've helped my kids. And uh, so it's not been a, a, a huge debt load for me personally, but uh, some kids have, a, have a, a big debt load after you get done with school. And not only do you have to delay your gratification, you get done with your training and your residency and you're out on your job, now all of a sudden you go, hey, I can't, you know, I want to go uh, spend a lot of money and get a fancy car and you know a nice house and everything. But if you're wise, or if a person is wise, um, my again my advice would be uh, follow Dave Ramsey, and who's a very smart individual. And you know you can go into debt maybe on your house, but do not go into debt on anything else. And again, it's delayed gratification. You know you. You're going to have to say, yeah, I'm going to put off all that stuff, and eventually you will get there. But I think if you're going into medicine just to make money, I think you're sort of motivated on the wrong issues. Um, 
does that all come? Yeah, it might come for you. And, um, but, um, um, you can get a lot more money or a lot richer <laughs> if you uh, want to say it that way, uh, doing other things. That's a lot easier. <laughs> Let's put it that way. One question I had specific through the medical, uh, medical kind of education journey, and then we'll get into some fun questions. These are no. fun, but some, <laughs> some, some stuff that, uh, talk about work, work life balance and then hobbies. Oh, well, it's obviously, uh, our backdrop here today, which we got to talk about because, uh, it's, it's really cool. Um, should, should an individual, you think about a, a resident, should they seek out a mentor? I know there's chief residents and stuff like that. What advice would you give to that individual about like, um, somebody that can kind of coach you? I, I didn't really, um, I, it, a lot of it depends on what your values are in life. Um. I was very blessed that I had a, a gentleman by the name of Tom, Dr. Tom DeMeester who in about six months on his surgical service taught me more than I think I ever learned in my entire life because he was just an excellent teacher. And he allowed me, I don't know why, I don't know, but uh, to pretty much have uh, uh Will rain on running the, his service, and I learned uh, just a ton of stuff on how to take care of really super sick patients. Uh, he was an esophageal surgeon, and when you do an esophagectomy for a big cancer operation and you swing up a, a section of colon to interpose the the um, uh, the gap that's left, uh, there is a, a, a great physiologic uh, insult to the organism. And uh, we took care of some really, really sick patients. And so over time, he was I was very blessed in the fact that he taught me how to take care of really sick patients. And had I not had that opportunity, um, I don't think that I would have um, learned as much. And on top of that, he was a gentleman and just a very... Uh, good gentleman. And, uh, uh, those were the kinds of things that, um, um, you see everything in medicine. You could, there's a certain amount of arrogance. There's a certain amount of, uh, and you sort of have to be a little bit that way to, to get through it all, you know? So, uh, uh, there is humility. I don't, you know, there's, uh, there's all kinds of, uh, different personalities that you will meet. And I think the ones that um, you sort of have to ferret out which ones do I want to emulate and what, who, who do I want to be like. And those are the um, people that you, that you would uh, want to hang out with and be uh, your mentor as you um, uh, ask about. Um, that's sort of a tough question. Uh, there's a few other gentlemen that I uh, that I. Uh, followed and hung out with and they took me under their wing at different times in my education and uh, they're basically uh, my staff surgeons and uh, uh, that was very helpful. Again, I was quite fortunate in the fact that I had a dad that, you know, I looked up to immensely and he was um, a great uh, 
one to emulate. And um, so I had that where a lot of other people may not have that. I guess my advice would be to try to look around and see who, who you see. And, uh, you know, it would be an honor if some young person came up and said, hey, can you be my mentor and uh, coach me along? through the process. And I think most people that are in the medical profession would look at, to that as an honor. And, you know, so if there's somebody that uh, the younger kids wanted to follow, you know, you, you sort of have to let, uh, let them know. And, and I don't know too many people that wouldn't say they wouldn't do it. It's one of the interesting, amazing things about medical community i would even include dentistry which i'm a little more familiar with just because of my family background and that there there are when you ask that question there generally is somebody that has been in that individual's life that whether they knew it or not were inspired an inspiration to them they guided them um and you know when they reflect on that uh, and so i think it's important aspect especially when you're doing something really hard mm-hmm. uh, like like the educational training that you're um, so the next, the next thing I kind of want to talk about was like work-life balance. So, um, obviously, uh, with what you, you and your dad, uh, your practice here in the hospital that's just South of here, uh, where we're at, um, you guys were on call pretty much all the time, right? Given that your geolocation and stuff like that, um, so I think it's important for our audience to kind of, you were in high demand, you were always on the go. Um, how did you, were, were you able to create margins? Any advice on how, you know, okay, now how, how did you spend time with, you have two great sons, you have a beautiful wife. How, how did you kind of create those margins to, to spend time with them and also be, you know? Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I have to give my wife a lot of credit. I think, uh, if there's advice to young folks, um, Whoever you're looking for, if you're looking for a a husband or looking for a wife, um, you need to look for people that are going to try to understand what your situation is, you know. And usually that's somebody that's associated with the field, okay? I mean, they always joke about doctors marrying nurses and, and, you know, uh, nursing personnel understand somewhat what you're going through uh, versus uh, an accountant who has no, I mean, it's just like, I don't understand what accountants do. You know, it's sort of the same type of situation. It's a lot easier to relate to somebody uh, if they're somewhat in the field. Also, it's a good way to decompress. Sometimes you can come home and say, yeah, man, I had a roach of a day today you know this and that went well or and this and that didn't and you know it different uh so your helpmate you know is the one that uh, can sort of help you decompress a little bit so um as far as work-life balance is concerned uh that's a difficult one uh, I, as i'm retiring if i had anything that i was going to go back and change i think i would spend a little bit more time having fun uh, like that for me, that's flying airplanes and going places and seeing things and doing things. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I think the best advice for people is, um, don't wait till you retire to go do some of the things that you want to do. I mean, if you want to travel the world, I mean, uh, 
take the time to go do it when you're young, when you feel good, and you got the health to do it. Been reading some books about uh, retirement and stuff, and that's basically our family has always done that. And so I think we've been blessed in that regard. I mean, I'm not looking back and saying, oh, yeah, I wish I would have done da-da-da-da-da, but uh, we tried to have fun along the way. And so uh, my advice is don't, you know, you don't know, it, it. nobody knows if you even have tomorrow. So if you want to do something today, go do it. You know, don't, uh, even though you have that delayed gratification thing, you know, you still need to, to enjoy life while you're in good enough shape to do it. And so I guess as the means become available, as you're going through life, uh, you know, you get in the forties and fifties and you do have some comfort, uh, from the monetary aspect of things and the work aspect of things, then, um, uh, enjoy the fruits of those labors. As far as the call thing, we had a different kind of situation. Back when I first came here, we did not have ER doctors. And so now uh, the younger folks that are coming out, everybody's got an emergency room. Back in the day when I was doing stuff, the ER was where really bad things, you know, people that were injured badly would be, you know, that's where you go. It's, you know, it's, uh, and, um, you know, we were sort of on call 24-7 for a lot of that kind of stuff, whereas nowadays with the ER docs and such, you know, they're going to take care of some of it, and then what they can either call us in and we'll take care of it. That's what we used to do, but now a lot of the way healthcare is being provided, there's been a big paradigm shift in uh, how patients are managed, and so in our particular situation, a lot of those patients are transferred out to tertiary care centers. And, uh, you know, I'm in a part of my life now where, you know, I don't get the big thrill out of going down and taking care of stuff in the middle of the night. And uh, I'm trying to gradually back off from uh, that kind of a workload. So I don't know if that answers your yeah. question or not, but... It does. It does. And it, uh, it gives good perspective uh, to our audience of of kind of that that balance and the importance of. Uh, I think you have to work at it a little bit, you know, but again, you know, if you've got a good wife and you got a good family situation and I mean, there's a lot of times when, you know, uh, and the wives need to understand this. A lot of times they'll cook a meal or whatever and, you know, you don't get home at six o'clock it might be seven eight or nine and then you know having to rewarm things two or three times sometimes can grate on their nerves so it's nice to have somebody from the healthcare environment to know that yeah you might not always make it home on time but again that's the way it used to be with this new paradigm shift and the way healthcare is going um i i think it's for the millennials type people, you know, I think things are going to be better from that aspect of things. So we're sitting in, we got a great backdrop here. How important, I want to talk a little bit about a passion of yours, aviation. Yeah. How, what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, we could talk for a long time about aviation, (laughs) but, uh, uh, specifically, um, when did you get your pilot's license? Did you do that during your, your, you know, residency? All right. This is what happened. Uh, 
because my dad was a pilot at probably age 13, he was he had me out taxiing the airplane up and down the runway yeah. trying to learn how to make the thing go straight. Sure. Well, I, when I was 13 or 14. Um, so, yeah, at age 16, uh, soloed. And um, I was in college, got my instrument and my multi-engine. And uh, I never did do my commercial rating, but... Uh, sort of starting to work on that now since I've, life has slowed down a little bit and uh, I've got the hours and I've got all the everything uh, ready to go it's just a matter of uh, taking the exam and then going up and doing the check ride um, so my son's were also working on his so we're sort of we're not working together on it but we're you know sort of comparing notes and having some fun with it so did you find times in your career where uh, getting in, in, in one of these planes and flying around was a, a release, de-stressor, a way to just maybe take your mind off of work? Is it, is it an outlet for that, or is it just a, oh, it's a little? It's just a little bit of that, yeah. I don't know that flying in and of itself is, I mean, it can be stressful too. Sure. Um, uh, especially if you're in bad weather or trying to meet uh uh, schedules or deadlines. Uh, so you have to be a little bit careful, uh, in that regard. Uh, the airplane behind us, uh, my dad and I, uh, built, um, it took us eight years to do it. We started out from scratch. Uh, it, 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 part of it is a, uh, a kit. Uh, there's another airplane here in the hangar that's, uh, dad built himself, uh, and first flew it back in 71. Um, it was a plans built uh, biplane called a pit special, and uh, we have three of them now. The S one and the S two uh, is a production airplane, um, and the one behind us, the Paradox airplane, is uh, is uh, uh, we just decided, hey, uh, we we got to do something in the evenings to keep us busy, keep us out of trouble. So um, we decided to build this one um it's it's won a word it yeah it won an, yeah it's uh it uh, uh in 2016 we took it over and uh we never intended to have it be an award-winning airplane but uh we uh took it over there and some of our friends said well why don't you enter it in the competition and said, okay fine so little beknownst to us did we think we were going to ever win anything we didn't build the airplane with that intent but uh, we did uh, win the grand reserve uh, grand excuse me reserve grand champion in 16 and then 2019 we went uh, back and we put it back in the competition again and uh, we did win grand champion that year so uh, of the home built airplane so that's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, I don't know how much uh, the individuals in our audience uh, necessarily follow EAA and venture and stuff, but uh, um, that's a that's a big accomplishment to uh, to not only be doing practice uh, your medicine, uh, you know, med- your medical practice and, and surgery, and, and knowing that you might get that call uh, at any moment, but the fact that you and your dad actually built two of these planes yeah, and, and, and care for them. And, uh, when we walked in here today, you're working on the engine of one. And so I know it's a, it's a big part of who you are and your family. And so I think it's important for our audience to hear that not only about mentorship and endurance and inspiration, uh, like we we've talked about, but also something like a hobby, 
yeah. you know, something that is maybe an outlet, uh, I think could be important once it's a appropriate time in your, you know, yep. life. Yeah. We have, we've always been involved in, in aviation. And so that's sort of one of our outlets and, you know, something to think of other than just, uh, healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have, have something to, to kind of think about, uh, other than your job. Um, and, and in our, uh, uh, show description or in this episode description, we'll put a link if you're okay with it. You have a YouTube channel, yep. Paradox, and, um, it's, it's a great, uh, channel to follow. Uh, well, that's my son's, uh, uh, that, that's more of his, uh, more of his interest. We do have some interesting, uh, videos, uh, and going to Oshkosh on one of trip and we, uh, he, uh, he, uh, has more fun with that. And, uh, so yeah, it's a fun thing. It's a uh, paradox aviation as the, what do you call it? The, the, the channel name, the channel name. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. We'll link to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to, so people can kind of see some other crazy stuff do. that we do. Well, uh, my dad was like, uh, he was, he liked aerobatics quite a bit. I don't, I mean, I, I, we go up and do loops and rolls and that, uh, this particular airplane is built for that. Uh, but we're not into the big competition aerobatic stuff. Like some people are sort of do the gentleman kind of stuff, a few rolls and loops, that type of stuff. And not so much into the big heavy duty. Well, I've had the pleasure of going up with you and it's, 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 it's always fun. Um, and I remember, um, growing up and and uh one one thing that we didn't get a chance to necessarily talk too much about is uh your your dad and you are very much leaders of your community uh through your church but also through just different kind of things community uh, events and stuff like that and growing up we used to come up and, and i remember your dad always putting on a phenomenal air show with with his 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 pits and then you would do the same and you take us up for rides and stuff like that but um maybe just in this last few minutes that we have here uh touch on kind of like the importance of community or, or being a part of the community. Okay. Well, um, especially being here in this rural area, uh, there, you know, um, people do somewhat look up to you as a leader or, or, um, someone that, uh, they would like to have, um, advice from, um, Dad served on the school board for 25 years, I believe, and I um, took his spot after after that and did another 25 years. Um, the, and so uh, there's all kinds of things that the community would like to have uh, physicians or surgeons involved in, and um, uh, whether that's politics or, you know, on a local level, there's all kinds of things like school boards and and uh, city councils and uh, what have you. Um, a lot of people uh, in the surgical realm will become uh, members of the American College of Surgeons, and there's all kinds of committees and um, what have you to serve on as far as those organizations are concerned. The medical societies of the states, um, my dad, I, I never was, but uh, as far as the Board of Medicine was concerned in the state of Iowa, he was the chairman of the board for a few years down there. I don't exactly remember which years it was, but, um, you know, there's uh, all types of different ways that people can get involved in the community, the state, and service, um, you know, 
Uh, as mentioned, we try to help out in our church quite a bit, and that's always been a very, uh, the faith aspect of things has been very important to us, you know. Um, um, so, um, and our family, and so that's, we've put a fair amount of time in, in on that. So there's always ways that people can give back to the community, not just necessarily taking care of people, um, nursing home boards, uh, you know, all kinds of ways that, um, you know, missionary stuff, if you're so inclined to do that. Um, um, that's always been a little bit of a uh, thing with me and trying to help people, you know, and, and there's 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 just going to be people that, as a physician, you're fortunate to be able to help, you know, Maybe it's some family that's having uh, hard times making ends meet. You know, sometimes you you just volunteer and or or you you don't charge people for some of the things you do just because you know it's what we do. You know, and um, I know your dad does a lot of that kind of stuff in the dental practice. He he's amazing in that regard. So, um volunteers a lot of time and a lot of uh, monetary uh, support in again in, in their uh, in his church so well I really appreciate this time and um, you're welcome it's it's a, t- a lot of wisdom that uh, has for our, our audience the young med pros that are working their way through that educational journey that we've talked about and um, it's a real pleasure to have you on on and, and to talk uh, about your experience and uh, give them some tips on some stuff that you learned along the way and one of the things that i i want to say from my end is is that um on our network it's important that we feature doctors like dr jared who uh are very intentional relational they um have a depth that goes beyond the md about them and that's why i wanted to bring his story uh to you is because um, it's not just about the, 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 the titles and stuff like that. And I want you to hear from individuals such as himself that is, is a very important part of the, the community, but also uh, bringing uh, a level of uh, service, medical service uh, to his community um, that is amazing and has influenced thousands of lives uh, d- directly and indirectly. And then we had some fun talking about airplanes. I know we could probably have a whole nother time talking about airplanes, but uh, anyway, thank you for your time, Dr. Jared, and uh, for sharing your story and your wisdom. You're welcome. You're welcome.